Welcome to episode nine of Lessons from a Horse with Bethany Tusky. In this episode, I'll be talking about the idea of trigger stacking, what it is, how it affects our work with our horses, and how it applies to our own behavior, both with our horses and in our lives outside of horses. All right, so before we get into the podcast today, I just want to give the disclaimer that I am not a psychologist or an expert in psychology. So the information that I'm going to give you today is based off of my own study and my many um, experiences in the years I've spent training horses and teaching riding lessons. So I don't claim to be an expert in psychology. And if you're dealing with mental health struggles, just know that you're not alone and there's always professional help out there and it's recommended that you um, seek help if needed. But I do think that sharing my experiences can help you think about things and maybe approach the work that you do with your horses in a better way, as well as maybe understand your own reactions to stress a little bit better. So with that being said, let's jump right into it. So what is trigger stacking? Trigger stacking is defined as stress accumulation due to exposure of multiple triggers, either simultaneously or close enough in time that the horse's reactivity has not returned to normal. And this can apply to our horses or it can also apply to humans as well. Um, But we're gonna talk a little bit about our horses here first. So basically the horse's stress level increases with each new trigger that appears. So to help you understand, let's think about stress level on a sliding scale. And this is gonna be a little bit of a simplified explanation, but hopefully it'll help you kind of understand things a little bit better. Um, So a level one on the scale would be your horse out in the pasture, dozing in the sun, completely relaxed. So that would be a level one on the stress scale. A 10 would be your horse in a complete panic and in an extreme version of fight, flight, or freeze, his instinctual responses. So this could be bolting, bucking, rearing, or completely shut down and freeze. So at this stress level, the horse is responding instinctually and is not thinking about what he is doing. All right, now let's take a look at that horse that is dozing in the pasture. We're gonna take him and we're gonna bring him into the barn and saddle him up and then bring him into the arena and hop on his back. So now just because we've brought him in and we're starting to work with him and ask him to do things, that's gonna automatically bring his stress level up. So we're gonna say that he's at a three now. He's more alert, he's more active, but he's still very relaxed. But now let's say that the bugs are really bad that day. And maybe that brings his stress level up one or two more points. So now instead of that three, he's at a four or a five. He's still listening, he's still doing his job, but he's starting to get a little tighter in his body. Maybe he's starting to show some signs of stress, such as shaking his head or pawing 
or maybe he's more distracted or less responsive and just not performing as well as he normally would. But now let's say that his saddle doesn't quite fit him right. And as you continue to work him, it begins to rub and pinch him. And this brings his stress level up another three points. So now combined with the bugs, he's at a stress level of eight. Now at this point, you're probably noticing him start to quote unquote misbehave. Maybe he's refusing to move forward or he's bucking or he's difficult to steer or slow down. He's not listening. His instincts are kicking in and he's not thinking clearly anymore. But then the horses in the pasture nearby start running and all of a sudden your horse bolts. The running horses took his stress level up to a 10 and now he's completely out of control. So this is just one example to illustrate the idea of trigger stacking. So each of the new things added more to the stress level of the horse. Start, he started out at a nice level of a three, active and alert, but still relaxed. But then the bugs brought him up several more points. And then the poor saddle fit added more stress on top of that. And then the horses running next door added even more stress on top of that. So each of the new triggers stacked on top of each other. And there's a lot of things that can increase the stress level of your horse. So some of them can include saddling or bridling, being ridden, being asked to do something new, being in a new location, bugs, poor tack fit, discomfort or pain, other horses nearby, no horses nearby, cars or equipment nearby, scary objects, being tired or just having an off day, poor health, confusion or frustration, loud noises, other horses running, changes to his routine, changes in diet, and I'm sure you could think of a lot of other things that can potentially cause stress to your horse. Now it's important to note that not all stress is bad. It's unrealistic and even not healthy for our horses to just sit in a pasture all day and never do anything and never face any kind of stress. Learning something new is a form of good stress that challenges our horses but also provides mental stimulation and growth for them. Physical exercise is also a form of stress, but it's important for the horse's health and well-being. So not all stress is bad, and some stress is actually important to maintaining our horse's health and well-being. And also, we don't live in a perfect world, and sometimes things are going to happen that are out of our control. And stress is a part of life. However, to be successful, we need to be aware of what our horse's stress level is and prevent him from moving over what is called his threshold. And this is the level in which he's going to start moving out of his thinking state of mind and into an instinctual reactive state of mind. 
So we want to try and avoid getting him to this point because at that point he's not going to be able to learn as well. He's not thinking as clearly and his reactions are going to be a lot stronger. So to do this, you need to notice when things cause your horse stress and try to avoid stacking them on top of each other. So you want to be aware of signs that your horse is becoming stressed and notice what things are triggering that stress in your horse. Oftentimes when people say that their horse did something quote unquote out of nowhere, it's because they didn't notice the small signs that the horse was moving into a more stressful state. In reality, the horse probably gave them a lot of warning signs that his stress level was starting to build. They just didn't notice. And they only became aware once the horse's reactions became much bigger because he was at a higher level of stress. The signs of stress will vary by horse, but some of them can include altered facial expressions, which may include pinned back ears, increased wrinkles around the muzzle, facial tension, tension in the eye, and dilated nostrils, rapid tense swishing of the tail, reactive behavior during handling or exposure to objects or environments, head tossing or shaking, becoming unresponsive, that would be more of a freeze state, limited eye or ear movement, a glazed expression, again, those are more of a freeze state, chomping at the bit, vocalizing, increased manure production, spooking, high head carriage, refusing food, you can probably think of some other examples as well of a horse that's in a more stressful state. So those are all things you wanna be noticing and watching out for. And you'll see that some of them can be very subtle, such as the facial expressions, um, the pin back ears, or even just increased um, tension in the muzzle or the eye can be a sign that your horse is starting to get more stressed. Some of them can look like the horse is behaving, but really he's in a free state, such as becoming unresponsive or limited eye or ear movement or glazed expression. It can look like the horse is just standing quietly, but really he's actually shut down in freeze as a result of tension. What stresses a horse and the level it stresses him will also vary by horse. So for example, just the simple act of putting on a saddle for one horse could take him up a few points on the stress scale. Whereas for another horse, it will barely even register on his scale. Bugs may bother one horse, but not another. What one horse finds scary, another will walk right by without reaction. So this is why it's important to know your individual horse and to learn to read his individual stress signals. So there's a variety of ways to avoid trigger stacking. 
eliminating the trigger if possible is a great option. In the example I used at the beginning, applying fly spray could help to eliminate the stress of the bugs, and a properly fitting saddle would eliminate the stress of the pinching and rubbing. Another way to keep stress levels low is to give the horse time to process and return to a lower level of stress before adding an additional stressor. For example, with a horse that is new to riding, putting the saddle on and then jumping right on him can be a form of trigger stacking. You've got the stress of the saddle and then the stress of the rider stacked on top of each other. So an alternative would be to put the saddle on the horse and then give him time to process and relax before moving on to the next stressor of having a rider get on him. And I've actually got a video of this process in my virtual classroom where I demonstrate the saddling process done in a way that allows the horse to relax after each step to prevent the buildup of stress. And I actually break the saddling process down into multiple different steps. And you can see the difference between the horse um, who's um, just tolerating, but is in a state of stress, um, and the horse that is relaxed and accepting of what I'm doing. You can see how I break down the process how I allow the horse to return to a lower level of stress before moving on to the next step to prevent that stress from building up too much, which would then cause a bigger reaction from the horse when the horse eventually does react. So if you're, in, uh, if you're a member of the virtual classroom, you can uh, check out the video. Um, it's entitled, um, preventing the buildup of stress, or the buildup of tension. Um, so you can check that video out. If you're not in uh, the virtual classroom and you wanna check it out and see if it's something you'd like to join, you can find that at patreon.com backslash Tusky Dressage. And we've got a, little, a lot of uh, great videos in there um, to help you with your horses. So that's our little commercial break. Um, but it's a great video to really train your eye um, to see what's going on with your horse and to start to notice some of those more subtle signs that um, tension is building up in your horse. So we can't always prevent every single stressor, um, such as the horse running in the pasture nearby in the first example. But if we keep the horse's stress level low, then when those unpredictable stressors occur, his reactions will be much smaller. So in the first example, had we eliminated the stress of the bugs and the poor saddle fit, the horse's stress level would have been at about a three instead of an eight. And then when the horses started running, he may have reacted by jumping in place instead of just bolting. So by reducing your horse's overall stress level, you can reduce the intensity of his reactions when things do happen that cause stress. It's 
also important to set realistic expectations during times when you know your horse is going to be at a high stress level. For example, if there's construction going on at your barn, that may be a good time to just do groundwork, which is less stressful for your individual horse than to ride him. Or if you do ride, it would be a good time to work on things that your horse finds easy or enjoyable, rather than trying to teach him a new skill, which would then add to his stress level, which in combination with the construction could be too much for him to handle and push him over threshold into that more re reactive state of mind. Or maybe you can tell your horse is just having an off day and not feeling his best. This would be another good time to adjust your expectations so you don't raise your horse's stress level too high. Keep things easy and fun for him. On the other hand, when your horse is feeling good and there aren't additional stressors, that's when it's okay to push him a little farther. Maybe teaching him a new skill or working on something that is physically or mentally difficult for him. If you know you're going to be working on something difficult, do your best to reduce as many additional stressors as possible in order to help him stay within his threshold and to be successful. You can also give the horse breaks to help him to process what he is doing and to bring his stress level down. I like to give a lot of breaks, especially when I'm teaching something new um, throughout my training sessions, just to give that horse time to process and to allow his stress level to come back down. Don't underestimate the power of a pause. Recognizing when your horse is beginning to become overly stressed and understanding the things that trigger stress will help you to be more successful in your work with your horse. Your horse will be in a better state of mind and therefore will learn faster and will enjoy his work more and put more effort into what he is doing. You'll greatly reduce the occurrence of those quote unquote misbehaviors and strong reactions to things. This may mean you need to slow down for a short time to address some of the things that have been causing stress to your horse. For example, in the saddling video that I mentioned earlier, it takes me about 20 minutes to go through the whole process of putting the saddle on and then taking it off again. And that can seem like a long time when you really wanna just get out and ride your horse. However, in the long run, things will take less time and be more enjoyable for you and your horse if you put that time and effort in in the beginning. So now with the same horse, I can saddle her up very easily and it only takes a few minutes, but she's much more relaxed throughout the process. And then when we do start our ride, she's starting off in a more relaxed state rather than already being in a tense state which means that our rides tend to go a lot better and more smoothly. So taking that time to work through that saddling process with her has really benefited both of us in the long run. Now trigger stacking also applies to humans. The more stressors that are stacked on top of us, the more likely we are to have strong negative reactions. 
This could be anything from snapping at your child or your spouse. Could be beating yourself up over a mistake that you made, blaming your horse for something not going right, or even having a panic attack or an anger attack or becoming depressed. These are all reactions that I've experienced myself when too many triggers are stacked on top of each other. And I'm guessing that you've probably experienced most, if not all of them, yourself as well. We humans tend to um, put a lot of stress on top of ourselves and we don't always take the time that we need to um, find ways to bring ourselves our stress levels back down, especially if um, you know, you're one of those people who likes to just go, 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 and you're always off to the next task, and um, you're not giving yourself that time that you need to release the stress from the previous task. It's always unpleasant when we have these strong reactions. And we often regret them later on and wonder what caused us to behave the way that we did. It's quite possible that we were over our own stress threshold and therefore not thinking clearly and reacting more strongly than how we would have in a less stressful situation. So just like with the horse, when we go over our stress threshold, we're going to have much stronger reactions. So this by no means justifies our poor behavior. Um, however, it can help us to prevent it from happening again. So it starts with recognizing your triggers as well as the signs that you're starting to become stressed. For example, for me, when I don't get enough sleep, that can be a stressor for me. And I notice that when I haven't gotten enough sleep, I become more irritable. So the irritability is the sign that I'm a little bit more stressed. This is going to be different for each person, just like um, each horse is different. So the things that trigger stress in you are going to be different um, than anyone else. Um, and how you react the, to those triggers is going to be different from person to person too. So that's where um, some soul searching and just some self-awareness um, becomes necessary so that you can look at yourself and try and figure out what are the things that um, trigger stress in you and what are, the th what are the ways that you react when you are starting to become stressed. So um, it starts by just becoming aware of those things and kind of taking a closer look at uh, your life and um, anything that is causing stress in your life. So just like with our horses, we have some different options for dealing with those stressors. Eliminating the stressors that we can is a great place to start. This isn't always easy and it's not always possible, but in some cases it is and it can just take some little changes um, to eliminate some of the stress in our lives. Um, so if you haven't gotten enough sleep, then maybe you can take a quick nap or try to get to bed a little earlier so you're more rested the next day. 
Um, if you're stressed about getting something done, try to make it a priority to just get it done rather than putting it off and putting it off, which is just gonna um, keep that stress lingering on. Uh, a big one is learning to say no to people so that you're not overworking yourself and causing stress. And this is not always easy. It's something I myself really struggle with. Um, I tend to take on too much work um, and overwork myself and then I'm tired and stressed and it just, the stress just kind of builds and builds um, until I'm um, at a much higher stress level than I really should or need to be. Um, another thing that can be difficult is asking for help when needed. Um, and when asking for help, it's better to do it early on when you're in um, a uh, lower stress level than by waiting until you're already completely stressed out and you're desperate um, and um, you know, you're really not thinking clearly. So asking for help early on can help prevent you from getting to that higher level of stress. So if you get creative, you can eliminate a few of the stressors in your life. Again, it's not always easy, but it will make a big difference um, in in your, your life, your overall happiness, and just the way that um, you react to things. Sometimes you can reduce your stress level by just stopping and taking some deep breaths. So remember the power of the pause. Just like with our horses, pausing and breathing can go a long way to lowering your stress level and helping you to think more clearly. You can also try spending a few uh, minutes meditating or going for a walk outside or just brushing your horse or any other activity that you find relaxing that'll help to bring your stress level down. And you know, this can be anything from um, you know, meditating for just a few minutes um, or even just taking a couple of deep breaths it doesn't always have to be, um, you know, a huge chunk of time that you're spending, um, you know, because it might not be possible for you to just stop what you're doing and go, um, you know, for a walk for an hour. If it is, then that's great. And um, that's definitely an option. But sometimes just pausing, taking a few breaths is enough to help reduce your stress a little bit. So when you know you're facing a lot of different stressors, try to be realistic in your expectations. Don't add more stress to yourself by trying to accomplish a difficult task or by taking on more work. So this is where being able to say no um, becomes important. If you're already stressed out because you've got so much work to accomplish, taking on even more work is only gonna add to your stress level. It's easy to burn out and become overstressed when everything you do is for other people and you don't take any time for yourself or you try to push yourself to maintain an intense workload even when you know that you are already operating at a high stress level. 
So through practice and a lot of self-awareness and discipline, you can eliminate or reduce some of your extreme reactions. Notice when your stress level is starting to build. Don't let it get to the point where you're going to explode. Notice the small signs, such as increased irritability, that you're starting to get above your threshold. And don't just ignore it and keep pushing through. Do something to bring your stress level down a little, even if it's just something small. And you know, that can mean taking time to do something for yourself, asking for help, saying no, or it can even mean seeking out professional help. Um, there's, there's something powerful in uh, bringing others in and getting others to help us um, to work through our uh, problems and our stressors. So no shame in seeking out help from others. Um, it's something um, that can really have a powerful impact on helping you to rethink things and um, restructure things if necessary and just help you to work through any issues that you might be having. So problems, both with our horses and in our lives, are easier to correct when we catch them early on before they become too big. So be aware of those small signs that stress is starting to build in both your horse and in yourself. Once I began to understand the idea of trigger stacking, it really helped me to understand why I reacted the way that I did and helped me to manage my reactions. As someone with anxiety, there are a lot of things that can trigger stress for me. Sometimes I can even predict when I'm going to have a panic attack because I can recognize that I've been stacking too many triggers on top of each other without doing anything to reduce my stress level in between. But I'm getting better at recognizing my early warning signs and recognizing things that are going to trigger stress so I'm better able to control my responses. I'm not perfect by any means. This is a lifelong journey that we're all on. But by learning to better understand the way horses react to things, I've learned to better understand and control my own reactions. So I hope this helps you too on your journey, both with your horse and in life. for joining me today. I'd love it if you'd share your thoughts on this podcast in the comments. I always enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing with your friends. If you want to learn more about developing a better partnership with your horse, you can check out our website, tuskydressage.com, or search for Tusky Dressage on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And you can also sign up for our virtual classroom on Patreon at patreon.com backslash tuskydressage. And lastly, if you're looking to go even deeper into the lessons our horses have for us, you can check out my book, God's Heart Through a Horse's Eyes, available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. Thanks again for joining me on Lessons from a Horse, and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.